God is good all the time. One more time. God is good. There you go. Amen. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Do you have anything else, my love? Well, I was thinking, we'll see. I was thinking that during the, the offering, since we're not having communion, that we could do a song. Ollie's favorite song. What's your favorite song, Ollie? When you speak. You want to come sing it with us? You want to come back up and sing it? Come on. No, he said. No. <laughs> the kids will come with you. Come on. Come on, Jackson and Ephraim. You want to come up and sing it? Do, we, do I have it up here? <laughs> come on. And you can stand by Grandma. I don't have it. Do you have it over there, honey? Hi. Do you have two of them? Uh, come on, now. When I speak. Bring him up, Ann. Will he come with you? Will he come with Jordan? We could use the drums on this one, Jordan. Corey can probably play drums, too. They could play together. <laughs> yeah, one on each side. I got it. I got it. <laughs> when I speak. Come on, huh? I find it. Look at Ali. All right, well, we're going to take up an offering, amen, and then we're going to amen. sing this song. Okay. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you and we praise you for all you're doing in this place. We pray, Father, for your Holy Spirit and your anointing upon your people, upon your word today, and upon our tithes and offerings that we give into this house, Lord God. And we thank you for all those, Lord. This is the one thing that we can test you on. And the one thing that we can never ever do is I'll give you, Lord God, because you have given us so much. And we just thank you for today and for the blessings uh, upon your people in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Go ahead, Grace. Okay. So, all right. So, so we got it. When I speak. All right, all right. All right. Here we go. Can't be slow on this one. Ready, all? You can come up anytime. Come up with daddy? Nope. <laughs> we put him on the spot. Well, you sing along out there. And this is uh, everybody. This was Ollie's favorite summer song. <laughs> Next week we'll have to do yours, Jack. Ready? All right, let's see this. How does this go? Got it? You ready? I find it's always the lie that's the loudest. I know the one with the power is never the one who is shouting. I'm leaning, I know that I need to listen. Through all of the thunder you whisper, even in doubt you are with me, with me. Like a love song that I've always known. Your word hits me deep inside my soul when you speak. I'm found in the sound of peace, be still. 
the wind and the waves bow to your will. You drown my fear with a love more real than anything, anything I feel when you speak. When you speak. I know you're not the god of confusion. Why do I feel like I'm losing my mind every time? I can't see what you're doing Like a love song that I've always known Your word hits me deep inside my soul When you speak I'm found in the sound of peace Be still The wind and the waves bow to your will You drown my fear with a love more real Than anything, anything I feel When you speak When you speak, it's a holy melody set in heaven's perfect key. Redemption's frequency healing me, healing me. It's the Father whispering mercy over every need, breaking through and breaking free. Healing me, it's healing me. When you speak, When you speak, when you speak, I'm found in the sound of peace. Be still, the wind and the waves bow to your will. You drown my fear with a love more real than anything, anything I feel. When you speak, when you speak, one more time, when you speak, I'm found in the sound of peace. Be still, the wind and the waves bow to your will. You drown my fear with a love more real than anything, anything I feel. When you speak, when you speak. No fear in Jesus' name. Amen. You drown my fear with a love more real. No fear in Jesus' name. Everybody say, Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. God is good. Amen. Better put my hat back on. Okay, spooky. Well, the title of my sermon today, and I don't know how long it'll be, honestly, is Knowing God. Knowing God. <clears throat> how many here want to know God? Yeah. How many here want to know God? Right? How many here want to know God? You know, there are four ways to know God. 
One. Can you guess? The word, the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. That is one way of knowing God. See, I got or I kind of got this backwards. Like page one is on page two, and page two is on page one. So I got to go back and forth here. So bear with me. We know God by one way is by His word. <clears throat> we also know God number two by. Can anybody guess it? His names. His names. How do you know God? You know God by His names and the definition of His names. Number three. Can you guess it? It's not prayer. By Jesus. By knowing Jesus. You know, it's so funny that my wife put that video up there and it's like this happens every week. It's like... I'm honest with you, I'm down here working on my sermon. She's up there at the house praying. And it's just like, how do you get to know God? Like, look at how Jesus was in, that, in, that, in the chosen there. And I'm going to tell you what, if you guys have not seen the chosen, once you start it, you will binge watch it. You will not be able to stop. Because the way they portray Jesus in there, and the way they portray all those experiences... That Jesus had with all those different individuals. You know, think about who did Jesus go to? He didn't go to the Sadducees and Pharisees. As a matter of fact, he called the rulers of the day a brood of vipers. He went to the people that needed the most, the sinners, the down and outers. The people that were unlovable. The people that were mocked. He went to the hardened fishermen on the sea. That were hard, hard men. You know, you, have you ever watched the Bering Sea? You know, where they're out there, those crab fishermen? Those guys are hard men. They're, they're working through hard experience. Have you ever landscaped in this weather right here? That's hard men that are doing that right now. Hardened men. Trust me, we're working year-round. I'm telling the guys, don't even think about packing up. Don't even think about unemployment. It's not happening. They don't want it anyways. They tell me they don't. Well, they can't do it on a planet anymore. So then the only option is to work all year, right? So that's what we're going to do. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but by knowing Jesus, and you know what's so cool about Jesus that Jesus didn't come to nullify the law. But Jesus came to perfect the law. And the one thing that Jesus did in the Bible is he came as a verification of God's word. Think about that for a minute. Jesus came and he verified everything that God said in the Old Testament. Everything that God said when the whole book was written, Jesus verified it. You, can t you don't have to believe the Bible, but you, you can verify the Bible with what Jesus did. You know, not, I mean, you don't have to believe every word of God, but if you want to study the word of God and know the word of God and know who God is, and if you want verification or proof of it, then you read the word of God and then you verify it by how Jesus lived and how Jesus acted. Jesus is the verification of the word of God. He validified it. Solified it. He didn't nullify it. <laughs> Amen. But then you can also know who God is 
by an experience with God. And if you think about that, you think about all the prophets that have actually experienced God, or think about Abraham, who was called out of his families, right? When, when they were when the Tower of Babel was built and Abraham was called out of his father's house, they were all worshiping idols. And God spoke to Abraham and said, Come out from them, and I will lead you into the land of Melchizedek. I will lead you to the promised land. Follow me, the one true God. Abraham had an experience with God that changed his whole life. That changed the way he lived. Even he left his family. He lot went with him, his nephew and his wife. And not, not just that, but there was many people that went with Abraham when they left out of Babel back then. Read it in Genesis. Many followed Abraham because Abraham had a true experience with God. Look what happened to Saul, who was later named Paul on the road to Damascus. He had a true experience with God that changed his whole outlook of his life. Everything that Paul or that Saul at that time was striving for. He was striving for righteous things. Saul thought he was doing the right thing when he was persecuting Christians. Because he was still under the law. He thought he was doing the right thing. And that these people were blasphemers. But then Paul had that experience on the Damascus road that changed his life forever. The same thing happened to every one of the apostles or disciples of Jesus. They encountered Jesus. Jesus called them and said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And it changed their whole entire lives. Their whole lives, every one of them, 12 disciples, except for one, were persecuted. Well, two, Judas hung himself because he betrayed Jesus. And John, they tried to kill John. They dipped him in a vat of boiling tar. They tarred and feathered John, but he didn't die. Dipped him in a vat of boiling tar, and the guy didn't die. And who knows how long they left him in the boiling tar. We don't know. But then they banished him to the island of Patmos, where he wrote the book of Revelation which is unveiling right before our eyes today. And nobody knows. Some say John's still alive because of what Jesus said about John when he talked to his disciples and said, what matters it to you? If I tell him, you know, he's not going to die or, you know, or whatever. I, I don't know the exact quote, and I should. <laughs> Forgive me, Lord. But yeah, some say that John might be still alive hidden in a cave, waiting for these end days to appear to be one of the two prophets, the two witnesses that are going to come upon us in these end times, preaching the same thing that John the Baptist preached and preaching the same thing that Jesus preached, and that is repentance for the kingdom of God is drawing near. You know, repentance for the kingdom of God is drawing near. Some people hear repentance and they just think, oh Lord, here we go, throwing the hammer down on me. You know what I mean? It's not throwing a hammer on you. It's God's way of saying, listen, I love you. You're hurting yourself. You don't need to hurt yourself anymore. It's just like what Jesus said to Mary up there 
when he said, look at me, look at me, Mary, look up, you can do it. I forgive you. That's what repentance is. Just asking forgiveness for God. It's humbling ourselves and saying, Lord, I'm a sinner. I've fallen. Forgive me. And then I, I don't want to do that, and I don't want to do that again. I don't want to hurt myself. I don't want to hurt my family. I don't want to hurt my children. I don't want to hurt my relationship with you. That's all repentance is, is getting right with God. And it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. People take it as a bad thing. Because all they can think about is you're just hammering the gospel on me. No. Repentance is getting right with God, living right for God, and looking forward to that eternal life with God. Amen? Amen. That's right. But we get to know God by His Word. And not only do we get to know God by His Word, we get to verify God through the life of Jesus. We get to verify the Word of God through the life of Jesus. And I want to give you an example of that. Just so you know, I'm not making this stuff up. An example of that is in 1 John 4, 7 through 12. God is love, right? God is love. The Word says God is love. Well, 1 John, get up here. 1 John, right there, chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. My fingers are still probably frozen from yesterday's hunting and the, the thing's not responding. <laughs> it says, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than white. We're going for verse 7. Sorry, I'm at verse 4. That's one of the scriptures I know by heart. First John 4, 4. He who's greater is in you than he who's in the world. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Right? Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. Because God is love. This is how God loved us. <clears throat> and this is love. And this is how God showed his love among us. That he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. So how did Jesus verify the word of God? Because God sent Jesus as an atoning sacrifice of his love for us. Because he sent his one and only son. That whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God sent Jesus as an atoning sacrifice to the cross for us because of God's love. God is merciful. In Ephesians 2, chapter 2, verses 4 through 5, this is a verification where it says in the Old Testament, God is merciful. This is Jesus saying, 
is an example of uh, God's mercy. In order that in the coming ages we might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Let me see that again. What am I? Verses 2, 4 through 5. Verse 2, 4 through 5. Ephesians. I don't want that. Ephesians 2, 4 through 5. It says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even if we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace that you have been saved. It's been grace by you have been saved. It's because of God's rich in mercy. Made us alive in Christ. God is merciful. An example of Jesus showing mercy is in Matthew 20, 30-34. Matthew 20, 30 through 34. This is an example of Jesus being merciful to two blind men who received their sight. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted out, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet. But they shouted all the louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and called them, What do you want me to do for you? He asked. Lord, they answered, We want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes immediately. They received their sight and followed him. That's an example of, of God's mercy through Jesus upon these two blind men. Jesus is our verification of the word. God is compassionate. A verification of that through Jesus is in Matthew chapter 14, verse 14. I'm going to go back and read 13. This is when Jesus... was preaching and a huge crowd was following him. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. They say they followed him and were with him for three days and they didn't eat for three days. Can you imagine that? Following somebody on foot from town to town, going over, I mean, back then they didn't have have cars. They walked to and fro. And you're following Jesus 
And you're not even eating for three days. And these were huge crowds. This was 5,000. This is when Jesus feeds the 5,000. And 5,000 people are following Jesus around. Jesus is like, I've got to go. He's been preaching with them for three days. He's got to go get away to a solitary place. Maybe to get some rest. Maybe to hear from his Father in heaven. But when Jesus landed and he saw the large crowd follow him, It says that he had compassion on them and he healed all their sicknesses. He healed their sicknesses. Can you imagine that? And this was after three days. This is when Jesus was feeding the 5,000. And he said he had so much compassion compassion on him, the disciples are telling him, look at Jesus. This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villagers or off to themselves so they can get some food. What did Jesus say to them? He said, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. Can you imagine that? Jesus, there's only like 12 of us. We got nothing to give them. What can we give them? Everything we got stored is for us. Oh, wait a minute. That brings up a huge difference, doesn't it? Oh, it's all for us. It's all for us. Don't give that away. Don't give this. Don't do that. What does Jesus do? He says, don't send them away. You feed them. I can see the disciples looking at each other like, with what? What are we supposed to feed them? You got some rocks here, got some tree bark. We can, might pluck some grass and put some tree bark in it and make a salad or something, you know. Throw some rocks in there. 5,000 people, Jesus, how am I going to feed them? We have only five loaves and two fish. Jesus said, bring them to me. And he directed them to all sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and he broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. And they all ate and were satisfied. And then the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were leftovers. That's a miracle amazing they only had five loaves and two fish but yet they had 12 basketfuls of leftovers when they were done that's like if you're coming to our house for thanksgiving and my wife hands you a bucket of leftovers when it's all done to take home it might not be a basket with our family because it's pretty darn big you may be lucky to walk out with a plate (laughs) but the number Of those who ate were about 5,000 men. 5,000 men. That's not counting the women and the children. Think about that. 
There could have been 10,000. There could have been 15,000 people there. We don't know. All we counted was the men. I'm sorry, women, that the men are the only ones counted, okay? This is God's word. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But no. So there's a great example or verification of how compassionate Jesus was. You know that Jesus later on in that book of Matthew says, we got to feed them or else I'm afraid these people are going to leave and go off and faint somewhere because they've been with me for three days and they haven't eaten. <clears throat> so that's one way how we get to know God. We get to know God by his word and we get to know God by the, through the life of Jesus Christ. We also get to know God by his names. You know, when I was writing this, I reminded myself of a time when I talked to Tom McDonald and I said to him, I said, you know, I felt like the Lord told me to write a book about the names of God. And this was years ago. And I still haven't done it. But write a book about the name of God, the names of God. And, you know, I did a Google search on the names of God and you can get anywhere between seven names to up to a hundred different names of God. So let me tell you, you got to be careful what you search on Google. But if you look in the Bible, there are many different names on the, on the, on the names of God. <clears throat> and I'm sticking with the Bible, no matter what. Right? So, there are a lot of names. I'm just going to mention some of them. But the ones I'm going to focus on the most are the names of Jehovah. And we'll get into those. But one of the names of God is the Ancient of Days. Adonai. El Roy. Yahweh. Elohim. El Shaddai. Abba. I Am. Jehovah. Alpha and Omega. El Elyon. Friend of Sinners and Jesus. And there's more. But those are some of the names of God. I like the one where, you know, friends of sinners, because, you know, I was a sinner. And God saved me, a wretch like me. I mean, I like all the names of God. Don't get me wrong. There's some favorites. One of my favorite names of God, and I'm going to show it to you, is Jehovah Shammah, just because of the story of Shammah, one of David's King David's mighty men. But... For the, for the sake of the sermon and time, I won't go through every single name. <laughs> I'll go through the names of Jehovah. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, our provider. Jehovah Jireh. Now, these are some things that are so important to our foundations of our Christian life. As a Christian. These are stones, blocks in your foundation. And I, and I would encourage all of us to memorize some of these names because these are the names of God that can help you through all kinds of troubles in your marriage, in your life, in your future, as you grow and mature. You know, knowing these names of God and then getting them in there where you have built up enough faith that you believe no matter what, God is Jehovah Jireh, which Jehovah Jireh is God our provider. 
And I'll give you, I've given examples of God, our provider, so many times. But one recent one, and I'm going to share it with, with you. I have not shared this yet. <laughs> My wife is looking at me like, oh, no, what's he going to say? <laughs> but this last winter, when mom was sick in the hospital with COVID, pops had COVID, just got done with colon cancer, was got recovered from that. Then he had a tractor accident. Then he gets COVID. Mom gets hospitalized with COVID. All at the same time all this is going on, Julie and I are pretty much living with him down there in their house, trying to help him. The IRS calls us and is after us for $104,000 that had to be paid. $104,000 in the middle of winter when we didn't have any money because we were not working. And we're like taking care of mom and taking care of Ed, trying to believe by faith some miracle is going to happen. $104,000 or they're going to shut us down, take our house, take our business, you know, try to get their money back. It's a lot of money. Well, by the grace of God, we prayed because we know who Jehovah Jireh is, God, our provider. And God has pulled us through so many tight things before, many tight things before in our provision. Where we were like, okay, God, you know, and, and you have to help us make payroll this week. Or, okay, God, I don't know how we're going to do this, but we got to have this for this job and this for this job. And, and on top of that, we got to keep the lights on, the heat on. And we got to feed everybody. And we got to provide a living for them. So we were like, so we prayed. We were praying. Okay, Lord, what do we do? What do we do? And I was in panic mode. I'm like, well, and we just paid our house off. Our house just got paid off in January. was the last mortgage payment. And I'm thinking, okay, so let's, mortgage, let's remortgage the house, get in debt. I'm thinking of the, my flesh. How can I make this money? What can I do? There's no way this is going to happen. Right? I go into, I go into panic mode. <clears throat> and I'm thinking, okay. So I tried. We, I literally, we tried. We went to a couple different banks. They denied us. You know, you can't get a home equity loan. I'm like, you can't get a home equity loan. We got all this equity up here, and we can't draw on a home equity loan. I got my house is paid for, and I can't draw on a home equity loan. This is like, what kind of banks are these? I'm thinking to myself. So this is, you're supposed to be out there to help people and things. So, prayed some more. Exhausted everything I had, could think of, to do. And God started providing. God started providing supernaturally through work. He started bringing in the jobs. Jobs started coming in. We started making payments. Just kept making money. Just kept coming in. We just kept making payments on job from the jobs that were coming into. These weren't all. These weren't all. The, all the money that was out that was coming in. God just started bringing it in. And like our last payment, we paid. Like within the last hour of what, how, I don't know how much it was. Do you remember how much we had to have down there by the, like the last day of the last hour? And I'm telling you what, you don't want to deal with the IRS because I'm telling you, IRS agents, they are not fun and they are hard and they don't care. They don't care. They, they're out there. They've got to get this money collected in or else you're going to be shut down, period. They're not merciful. 
They're not like Jesus, let's put it that way. All right, they're not forgiving. You know, we were like, well, let's make an offer to compromise. Let's do all this. Let's try to get this debt down lower. Nope. God provided every bit of it, and we paid every bit of it. Every bit of it. Right to the very last day. And you know what was great? That was such a huge burden off us, because we've carried that burden for years in our business. We had bad advice from an accountant that said, why don't you finance your IRS debt because the interest rates are so low and use the cash that you're making from your business to help build your business. This is from a professional accountant telling us this. While we were doing that and doing that, we're like, well, that makes sense. It's a better rate than you would get at the bank. But then they don't tell you about the exponential growth that you get if you don't make payments on it or pay it. And we didn't tell anybody about it. I think we told one family member about it who was up here at that time. And they prayed with us. And we prayed that God would provide. So we know who Jehovah Jireh is. Jehovah Jireh is God our provider. He provides all our needs. You get the story of Jehovah Jireh through Genesis chapter 22, verses 14. When Abraham went up to sacrifice his son because God told him to go sacrifice his son. And then God provided a lamb. We all know the story. God provided a ram for the sacrifice or a lamb for the sacrifice. And Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. So when I was reading that this morning, I was thinking, well, I'm living on Lord Hill. I'm on the mountain of the Lord. God provided. Amen. Amen. Jehovah Jireh. What is Jehovah Jireh? God, our provider. So when you're in a situation in life when finances are tight and things are tight, you just got to stand on the word. Jehovah Jireh. God's our provider. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to stress about it. God is our provider. He provides all my needs according to his riches and glory. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. You got you to memorize these things and you got to get them in your spirit and you got to start speaking them in faith that God is going to provide. He's going to make a way where there's no way. They seemed like there was no way God made a way. And you got to stand on it. Remember, this is what we practice. This is what we do. This is how we live. This is how I live. It's true. Because in our, in our flesh, there's no way these things can happen. That was a supernatural outpouring of God's Spirit, God's Holy Spirit on us, that brought that provision in. And I'm still doing the work from that provision. We're still out there putting it in, in the work. And that's not counting to where we're booked out into 2023. From the work. Another name for God is Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha. Who knows what Jehovah Rapha means? God our healer. God our healer. God heals. So when you're sick, or someone in your family is sick, these are all part, this is all part of who God is. This is who God is. 
You pray, God, Jehovah, you're Jehovah Rapha, you're God our healer. You, the word says you heal all our diseases, all our infirmities. You bore your stripes for all our infirmities, all our sickness, all our diseases. Do you know when we go to heaven, we're not going to have any of that anymore. There will be no sickness, no disease, no illnesses. None. Because there is none. Jehovah Rapha, God our healer, Exodus 15, 26. It says, he said, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord, your God, and do what is right in his eyes. Right? So there is some things that we have to do. You know, it's not like a magic wand. It's not like, oh, I'm just going to chuck out Jehovah Rapha and just do it. No, we have things that we have to live right. We have to listen to God. We have to live right. We have to do what's right. In his eyes. If you pay attention to his command and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord God who heals you. I am the Lord God who heals. Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Nisi. How about that one? The Lord God, our banner. Amen. Exodus chapter 17, verse 15. Moses built an altar, and he called it, The Lord is my banner. That's where we get the name, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner. That's when Moses built an altar. Jehovah Shalom. Everybody knows what Shalom means? Peace. The Lord our peace. You know, when you are in chaos, like we were, it was hard to find peace. You know, when you're in a situation like that, and I know we, a lot of us have been in situations very similar to that. You know, in other ways. Some have been in situations where they thought they were going to lose their house. Or family. <clears throat> and it's hard to find peace in that. But when we really know who the Lord Jehovah Shalom is, we'll have peace no matter what happens. You know, even if things don't go the way we want them to go, God knows. And God has a plan for all of us. And His ways, we got to remember, His ways are higher than our ways. You know, even when things were, or like when, when, when people are taken out of our lives prematurely, we have to still have peace that God's in control. God's in control of this whole situation. And we need to keep our peace. And not only that, my wife was talking to me this morning about one of the, one of the sermons on the Mount of Olives that Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will what? Inherit the kingdom of God. Right? I think so too. <laughs> I hope so. It's on tape. But peacemakers, we all got to be at peace. You know, it was so funny because yesterday I was thinking of that song. And I don't know why I thought of it. I didn't say this to you, but I thought we were doing the dishes together. And it's like, it is well with my soul. And I just, and I wanted to, you know, I know it was the Lord. 
now because the one thing that is really important to your own life, and you can ask yourself this question, is it well with your soul? Seriously, you honestly look at yourself and examine yourself. Is it well with your soul? Are you at peace with yourself and where you're at in your life? With your soul? Is it well? It was like God was asking me that question. Is it well with your soul? You know, I was singing it, but it was almost like, is it well with your soul? Do you have peace? So, I just threw that out there. <laughs> Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. And you get the name Jehovah Shalom from Judges 6.24. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there, and he called it the Lord is peace. To this day, it stands in Ophrah of the Aberzites, Aberzites, Abizirites, or whatever. Then there's Jehovah Ra, the Lord our shepherd. And you know what else is amazing? To every one of these names of Jehovah, Jesus is a verification of it. When I was writing these all out this morning and thinking about these, you know what? Jesus is the verification of all these names of God. Jesus is the good shepherd, isn't he? Jesus came so that we can have peace with our soul. Jesus is the banner. He's the blood. He's the blood. His blood shed for us covers a multitude of sins. He's the banner over our lives. Jesus was a, he Jesus was a healer. He is a healer. By the name of Jesus, you're healed. Amen? Jehovah Ra, the Lord our shepherd. Greatest song, psalm, everybody should know it. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth my soul beside calm waters. Green pastures. <laughs> Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Huh? I'll re I'm going to read the whole thing. I'll get it here quickly. This thing is great. Psalm 23. Verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Yeah, he leadeth my soul beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows, surely goodness and mercy, in this version it says love, will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That is an awesome psalm. You know, that's what King David's saying. You know, that's, it's just powerful, it's lovely, it's beautiful. 
All right, moving on. Jehovah Sikkenu, the Lord our righteousness, comes from Jeremiah 23, verse 6. It says, In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called the Lord our righteousness. Jehovah Sikkenu, the Lord our righteousness. The Lord is righteous. Then there's Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is here. Do you believe right now that the Lord is here? When there are two or more gathered, the Lord is present. The Lord is here. I believe that's why God God, uh, created marriage. Right? For a husband and a wife. So he can be present. Always. The Lord is here. You know, one of the great stories I love in the book is about Shammah. One of mighty, one of David's mighty men. One of the three of David's mighty men. You know, he had, and I love, if you, one thing you need to look, especially you men, you need to read about all of the exploits of David's mighty men. Benaniah, who chased a lion into a pit just so he could have the mane. Shammah. Jehovah Shammah. You know, the great story of Shammah is, his name was actually Shammah. The great story that I love about Shammah is that the Philistines came to raid his crops. Lentils. They wanted to take all his land. And this was, the Philistines would do this a lot. The Israelites would do all this work. They would go out there, they would plant, right, all these crops. And then the Philistine army would come and they would take it and steal the crops. And they were doing this <coughs> all the time to the Israelites. <coughs> they would come in, the Israelites would clear the field, plant the crops, the Philistines would come and steal it. The army would come and take it. Well, can you imagine? You go out there and you plant a field. And back then it wasn't like we plant a field today. It wasn't like you're jumping on your John Deere tractor, hooking up the furrows and the plows and the discs and the cedar. And you can get everything all done in a day. You know, acreage. You're out there by hand most of the time. Maybe you have a bull or a cow to help you plow and to plant. And you had to clear your field and prep that field. You know, it wasn't like the land was just perfect for you. You did all this work, and then the Philistines would come and steal it? Well, Shama said, forget this. I can, I can, I can just see the whole thing in, in, my, in my mind. I can picture it like a, like a movie. Where all of a sudden the Philistine army comes, and all of his field hands and workers that were out there to do the harvest, they saw the army coming, and it said they all took off. Gone, bolted, because they were coming to raid and take the, take the crops and harvest the crops. Well, Shama said, enough is enough. He got out in the middle of the field and said, my name is Shama. And he slew all the Philistines. And he looked back and there was nobody there to help him. He was all by himself. 
but they didn't steal his lentils. And he slayed the whole army, pretty much one man. Jehovah Shammah. I could hear him scream his name out, Shammah! And I could hear, I could just vision the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob looking down from heaven and saying, there's a man right there who's, who called upon me. The Lord is here. And the Lord was right there with him the whole time. The Lord is here. Jehovah Shammah. Ezekiel 48, 35. It says, the distance all around will be 18,000 cubics, and the name of the city from that time on will be the Lord is there. That is the city. That is what's coming. That's the kingdom coming here on earth as it is in heaven. That's the city of heaven coming down, making its home on earth. And God will be president, 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 and present. <laughs> He'll be the man. Amen? Amen? Just by looking at these names and learning these names of God helps us to know who God is. It helps us know who God is. It helps us understand who God is. Amen? Yes. These names give us comfort in times of trouble. They help build our faith up when we need it, when we feel faithless or hopeless or helpless. You know, don't run from God. Don't run from the names of God. Don't run and, and, and try to face problems on your own strength. Because you're, I'm going to tell you one thing I've learned is I'm never as strong as God. I might be strong. I might be stubborn, probably one of the most stubborn men there are out there. But there's one thing I do know, is that God is stronger, He is wiser, and He is righteous than I ever will be. God is all-knowing, and I never will be that. But God is. And one day when I see God face to face, then maybe He'll open my eyes. You know, but God's will be done. Amen? Always. Amen. God is present. Jehovah Shammah. God is here. God is here right now with all of us. Amen. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that, Lord, anything I've said that's not of you would just fall away. <laughs> and anything I did say that's of you, Lord God, would stick in our hearts. I pray that you would help us, that you would lead us and guide us and direct us. Lord God, and I pray for your hands upon your people today that you would bless them abundantly and that you will be with them. And I thank you for each person here in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So you want to do Ollie's song again? No? Just checking. There we go. Now I got it.